Warning. Anime Out of Context contains spoilers, explicit language, and general tomfoolery. Neither of our hosts are experts on any topic, and you should not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion, and enjoy. Welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I lose sight of the light at the end of the tunnel because too many weebs are blocking the way. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Remington, we've had some very heavy discussions on this show. That is true. Probably a bit heavier than we should have on a comedy podcast about anime but still you'd think that you know we've gotten into extreme detail of just the different nuances and what is acceptable in society in various we've, we've anime discussed, we've discussed morality philosophy existentialism we've discussed how life works how life is perceived through others the darker side of just about everything and of course the way love should be viewed in media and in society oh yeah this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you laughing yet, listeners? <laughs> As the existential dread sits in, you just feel that deep chuckle rise within yourself. <laughs> but it got me thinking, Remington. We have a lot of different bits and subjects on what makes things good. Yeah. Uh, and there's a subject we've talked about frequently on this show that I'd like to delve a little bit farther into. That's always frightening. Why would that be frightening, Remington? Because there's so many topics that have happened multiple times that have hurt me deeply every time. Well, Remington, I have to ask you about uh, your time in school. Middle school, high school, that whole ordeal. Oh, okay. I see where this is going. Going. Uh, well, my, my school career, middle school, was not good at all, but high school was very pleasant when I grew out of the really awkward, everything is awful, and social interactions are the bane of my existence stage. So basically, the edgy teenager stays. Yeah, or the Chunibio phase, as I remember, because I am a good student. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> But I do love that that is the one term that you use in the day-to-day -day from this it, show. It has been the most useful term I have learned. Because now I don't just have weeb as a derogatory Japanese word. I also have chunibyo. <laughs> oh god, we are going to get murdered because of you one day. <laughs> What happens when we decide to take this podcast on the road and we actually visit Japan? What happens then? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll make it to that point, Sean. Oh, God, we would be kicked out of the country forever. And rightfully so, frankly. Yeah. With the stuff I'm saying, like, it's just justified. Yeah, but back in high school, did you ever have any, like, special needs or special conditions that made your high school career a little bit different from, uh, you know, the average person that you can think of? Uh, uh, not in particular, I don't think. Yeah, but you do know that there are plenty of people who have had those kinds of scenarios. Of course. I take it that we are going to be discussing an anime that explores this topic. A little bit, yes. Okay. But it's also a topic we've discussed in the past. Is it? Oh, kind of. Adjacent. Oh? 
You'll understand once I get into it. Oh no! I'm so frightened, Sean. <laughs> you don't have to be frightened. Anytime I'm confused or there's something I don't know, I'm worried. That's this whole show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, Remington, it's a bit more straightforward than you think this time around. Okay. So the show we're talking about is about a couple of students with special scenarios going through high school and the different issues they have because of their special circumstances. Okay. What do you mean by special circumstances? Uh, physical abilities that don't match with average people. What do you mean? You are being very vague and ambiguous about all of this, <laughs> and I am very confused. Well, Remington, the show we're talking about today is a slice-of-life comedy show about a group of students growing up in society, but they all have uh, different but very similar special needs, as it were. Oh, okay. Are we... Is, is, is this going... Okay, this could be an interesting route, I suppose. So is it going to be like slice of life discussing all the things we often take for granted? Is, is there going to be like just disabilities? In a sense, yes. In a sense, I am so confused. But they're, I wouldn't call them disabilities. They're just different. Okay. Uh, so the topic that we've discussed previously, Remington, is that this is a show about a world very similar to ours. Okay. But there's one minor but kind of major difference. Magic? Monsters exist. Oh no. Oh no. Dear God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. High school. Monsters. Everything is bad. <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks. Oh, God, are you having the Vietnam moment right now? So, oh, I certainly am, Sean. All right, before we go any further, I need confirmation that this episode is not a part three of Rosario Vampire. It is not. Oh, thank God. In fact, this anime was actually recommended to us because a listener sent in this request after listening to our Rosario Vampire episodes and was like, well, I can understand why he didn't like this, but maybe this one will be good for him. <laughs> okay, okay, wait, let me let me get this straight. So this listener. Yes. He heard me suffering through Rosario Vampire, and they thought, you know what? Let's send something very similar to Rosario Vampire. Except it's not too similar. Oh, it sounds pretty similar, Sean. Well, it's not an etchy harem anime, for starters. Oh, thank God. No, it's it's an interesting show, to say the least. It, I hate when you use the word interesting. I know you hate it, but there's not really another word that's good for describing this. Oh. Uh, because, yeah, this fella, who didn't give his name, he just goes by Anonymous, uh, so I'm just gonna call him Anon. Okay, good old Anon. Yeah, and you can decide whether you like or hate Anon by the end of the day. That's up to you. <laughs> we'll see. And he thought to himself, well, yeah, we don't like the over-sexualized, etchy stuff that is Rosario Vampire, but maybe he'll like this kind of social commentary thing about monster girls in high school in everyday society. Okay, there's a lot to unpack right there. Okay, so would you like me to break it down for you? So, 
Let me break it down. I think I got this. Okay. Okay. So it's a hopefully very well thought out anime where you have the world and there are monsters. Oh my God, Dracula United. This is where it comes in. Exactly. The monsters are attending high school and everyone's like, oh God, they're a monster, but monsters are the same. Dracula United is going to get representation. This is perfect. Yes, it actually does take the view of these monstrous people in a good light. Like, it's treating them as just slightly different humans who have special abilities and needs and how they get through their daily lives in high school with those different uh, needs. Oh, man. My company, Dracula United, which was founded in our Helsing Ultimate episode, seems like it is going to strongly endorse this anime. It might, actually, because this is probably the most positive reaction we've ever had when it comes to monsters, because they're not overly sexualized. I mean, it is a comedy anime, and there is some fan y stuff, but you're going to get that with a lot of different shows. Of course. But they do seem like people, and they're not displayed as monsters. There is some kind of discrimination against them a little bit, but nothing too blatant or obvious, and just a matter of, hey, how would these uh, mythical creatures fit into society? Because they're basically human, just with a couple different things. Okay, so we have a monster high school thing. Yes, uh, the title of this anime is actually called Interviews with Monster Girls. See, when it's phrased <laughs> like that, it makes me real <laughs> concerned. Yeah, and you will have some concerns with this anime, Remington. Because no! I have some concerns with this anime. No! Overall, I think it's an interesting introspective on societal norms and how our society would treat these uh, people who happen to be of a monstrous origin, but they're not really monsters. They are just people with different special circumstances. Which sounds great, but could we instead talk about how you treat me on this podcast? Because that is severely unfair and unjust. Oh, don't be such a baby, Remington. It's not that bad. Like I said, not an etchy show, not a, you know, not a super sexy show. There is some sexy stuff in it, but that's just because it's anime. <laughs> okay, well, let's break it down. What exactly is it? Who are the characters? What exactly is going on? What's the plot, the story? So, Interviews with Monster Girls. It's kind of says it all in the title. The story is about a biology teacher of a high school, a fellow by the name of Takahashi. Tetsuo. Uh, well, there's that oh, name. <laughs> Tetsuo, already bad. Yes. Uh, I've never met a Tetsuo I didn't hate. And you might not like this guy. God damn it. But I think you'll like him better than the other two. <laughs> I think, maybe. We'll see. Uh, he is a high school biology teacher uh, who is currently working on his thesis for his master's and furthering his education while teaching as well. Okay. Uh, and he wants to make his thesis on the study of these monster girls or uh, demi-humans, as they're referred to. Okay. Yes. And the problem is, though, is though there are demis in the world they're not common so he hasn't actually had an opportunity to interview them and all the legal channels he's went through to try and talk to these people without you know accidentally meeting them on the street he's been unsuccessful because he's just a teacher who would give him permission to do this kind of research what kind of research is this exactly why is it such a big deal well he's a biology teacher and he's just curious about the different conditions and makeups of different demi-humans what makes them tick how they live through society and he's just it's a genuine scientific curiosity throughout the whole thing okay 
and the show starts where a brand new school year is starting. He's getting ready to teach. And as fate would have it, it's very kind of like, I've had such a hard time meeting these demi-humans. I want to talk to them. I want to learn more about them. I want to figure out what makes them tick. And then out of nowhere, he gets about four of them thrust on him at once. Well, I'll definitely be critiquing that later, I feel. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I watched that and I was like, ah, that feels a little pushed. A little rushed. You could have just said a, something a little more along the lines of, oh, you know, it's just a, not as easy to meet in, uh, these demi-humans or there's a lot of demi-humans that don't want to be interviewed. You could have did something like that. They're like, I've never met one before in my life. Yeah. All right. So often plots will have that bullcrap start, but it's never a good one. Nonetheless, maybe it'll still be decent. Okay. So he gets a bunch of demi-human monster girls in his class and then he interviews them. Basically, it's just a comedy show of these three main students uh, who are... <laughs> not the fourth one? The fourth one's not a student. The fourth one's a new teacher. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have a new teacher for the school year as well as three of his new students happen to be demi-humans. Okay. So, okay. So, what are the students? Who's the teacher? So, yeah, we've got three students that are demis and one teacher that's a demi. And okay. the anime is just him talking with them, trying to help them cope in modern society as well as figure out how they tick and what goes through their heads. Uh, the three monsters as are follows. You have the teacher who is a succubus. Oh no! Yeah, I know. But it's a more tasteful succubus. No, shine. <laughs> she dresses uh, very drab and very unattractive to not activate her abilities around the opposite sex, which is... A reasonable thing to think about in society if you happen to be a succubus and you don't want to, you know, have the average person fawning over you constantly. Okay, we're starting off rough. Who are the others? Uh, and the three students, you have a snow woman, which was the same kind of monster as the one girl we talked about in the second part of our Rosario Vampire episode. Is this just a sequel? No. Okay. Is there a vampire? God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, one of them is a vampire. Uh, I swear to God, if the fourth one is a witch, I will shoot myself. It's not. <laughs> it is not a witch. It's a Dulahan. A what? Are you not familiar with a Dulahan? What is a Dulahan? So a Dulahan is a Celtic... A mythical being a monster creature known as a headless rider of sorts. Oh? It's basically an armored horse uh, man with where their head is separate from their body and they carry it around with them. And okay. They'll walk, uh, they'll ride around people, throw blood on people's doors, which is a symbol that they will die soon. It's it, There's a lot of lore and they're very interesting creatures to discuss monster-wise. What a stunningly different choice compared to the others. What if I told you there are at least three other anime that have Dulahans in them? What? Yeah. Why are Dulahans so popular in anime? Uh, because they're interesting, I guess. Uh, sure, why not? Okay, so those are our four. And what are their personalities like? Who are they? <laughs> well, so the vampire is kind of a... She's kind of a ditz. Okay, yep. She's like super positive, super... She's kind of like uh, the main girl from Love Live, if you remember. Okay, I do recall her. So just real bubbly, real optimistic. Yes, yes. Uh, the snow girl is very shy and awkward and is, you know, just like, it's fine. I'm just a snow girl. I just overheated too much. Oh, God. Uh, you know, very awkward, very shy. Okay, trying to figure yep. out things. Know that trope as well. And the Dulahan is... 
also kind of shy and awkward. Oh, yay, variety. Yeah, different kind, but it's you'll have to watch to see. This, so far, is definitely feeling like Love Live and Rosario Vampire combined, which ain't an amazing thing. But it's not the worst thing it could ever be, Remington. Maybe. We'll see about that. Yeah, and... So, is the teacher the main character? Kind of, yes. It revolves okay. around him and his perspective on things. Okay. And, and him trying to figure out these monster girls, what makes them tick. And so the general plot is him interviewing them, asking them questions, figuring them out for his thesis. As well as the comedy that ensues from the uh, interacting with girls that don't really have the same human parameters. Okay. Yes. I feel like I understand now. Yeah, once you watch it, you'll be like, oh, this makes sense. But... It, there is a bit of a caveat. Oh? You're a teacher, Remington. Uh, yep. Yeah. I've, I've coached high school for, for a few years now. And there's going to be some things in here that make you just flat out uncomfortable. No, I know. Okay. So here's what's going to end up happening. He's going to be falling for his students, or his students are going to be falling for him, or trying to seduce him, or He's... they're going to be doing weird stuff, and I'm going to hate this, and it's going to be awful. Zero out of ten anime. Anon, why did you do this to me? <laughs> Uh, so he's never going to be hitting on the students. Uh, the closest it ever gets is him occasionally having interactions with the teacher, which is more acceptable because yes. they're about the same age. Yes. Uh, but I, there is heavy hinting that some of the students are interested in his in their teacher, which is uh, very uncomfortable. I don't like that, Sean. I don't either, Rem. <laughs> but there are some genuinely funny moments in the show, and it's overall a wholesome show just with some very questionable jokes in it okay <laughs> i promise you rem it's not as bad as i'm making it out to be but it's not gonna be something that you're gonna be in love with either i have no idea what to expect i have no idea how i'm gonna feel about this on the other end i'm hoping that it's okay maybe even good maybe but I'm definitely worried and frightened and concerned. If it makes you feel better, this show got anywhere between 7.5 and 8 in terms of rating. Those are quite high, but also the anime community is bad at rating things. Uh, that is true. There are biases abound. But on the bright side, I watched the entirety of the show. It's only 13 episodes. I've, I've said before, just one season. Just one season. I've said it before. The shorter an anime is, the better it is. <laughs> Universal rule. And it's actually a relatively new series. It only came out a couple years ago. Oh, man, newer things. When you say a couple years ago, was it in the dark times of, like, 2011, 2012? No, 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 not that far. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the animation came out in 2014. Okay, okay, so we're very recent. Yeah. Let's hope that means that it's good. I mean, it's not bad. I watched it when it came out, and I watched it again to catch up, and it's not the worst thing ever. It just has a lot of uncomfortable things in it with, in regards to the student-teacher aspect of things, which is, from a teacher perspective, not okay. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a rough hurdle for me to overcome, but we'll see if I do. And we will see it together. Remington, let's go watch some episodes of Interviews with Monster Girls. <laughs> Tatalita yo, kimi no sute.
are back after watching a grand total of four episodes of the hit 2017 anime interviews with monster girls so remington how you feeling bud i'm alive you are alive and you didn't seem to hate the show from what i could tell no i definitely like the show but i have no idea how much i like the show that's interesting i'll be honest john this show could be anywhere from a 5.5 out of 10 to like a 9 out of 10. That is such a huge range. How can you differentiate that? <laughs> because I am not sure how I feel about a lot of elements of it. Well, I guess we're just going to have to break it down bit by bit then. We certainly shall. Okay, so let's start with the obvious. This is a character-driven show, right? For sure. It's driven by the characters of the Demis, which they prefer to be called, because Demi-humans, that's just, that's just too long. Too wordy. And it's not cute. <laughs> which is the most important thing of all. I prefer all of my labels to be adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can think of several labels that have been applied to you that are most certainly not adorable. Yeah, and a few that are just very obscene. But <laughs> nonetheless, let's we can t jump right into them. I think that all of the characters are good. What? You think that every character in this anime is a good character? I sincerely am interested in all of them. I think that they are well-developed and that each of them are very charming. Holy crap, Remington. Yeah. And this is a fairly moe show, too. Yeah, and it's, once again, it's super moe. But it's not my kind of moe. It's not the moe of adorable non-human things. It's adorable girls doing adorable things, right? Right. Which doesn't get me, but it can still be charming. Uh, and it certainly was. Very endearing. The, all of the characters and their interactions with one another. Extremely human, which we will talk upon in a bit of depth in a moment. Yeah, all of the characters. Thumbs up. That is amazing, Remington. I was actually very concerned on how you'd feel about these things because the make or break of this anime is, like I mentioned in part one, the relationship between the main teacher and his students. Yeah, and with the main teacher, he's probably the worst character, but he still gets a thumbs up because he's still a little bit generic and he's still a tiny bit of a Gary Sue, but he's still an interesting character and the way he interacts with the world is fun to see. Because he is kind of the baseline observer character, but he's done kind of a really good and interesting way. Yeah, and so the characters and then the dialogue would be the second thing that I think is the most important to this whole show. And the dialogue is another element that I think they did extraordinarily well. I'm going to make a bit of an interesting comparison here, Sean. Uh, yeah, I have an idea of what you're about to say, and I'm not sure if I like it or not. <laughs> the dialogue in so many places and... Some of the actions as well were so just natural and human without any sensationalizing in any way. And it reminded me very strongly of those elements in Forest Fairy 5. Which, oh my god. <laughs> that alongside the frankly PowerPoint-like transitions a lot of the time reminded me greatly of it, but not in a bad way. 
It was one of my favorite elements of Forest Fairy 5, and indeed, it's a great element here. You combine the good characters with very natural and still interesting dialogue, and it's very successful. It is weird how human these monsters are. Oh yeah, and of course that's the whole point of the show. It delves into all of these ideas as he's interviewing. These are very thin veneers for different metaphors that we go through in our lives, the ways we interact with one another and ourselves, but it does so in a pretty interesting way. Yeah, because the qualities of these monster girls are just basically kind of personality traits in a lot of ways. It emphasizes the similarities we all have by emphasizing the differences these specific monsters have. Which is actually kind of clever in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think the concept works very well. And even in all of the interviews where you will just have minutes and minutes of characters talking to one another. I was never bored. And the pacing is not good in any way. The pacing is horrible, but it never got in the way, which blew my mind. The pacing will jump from one thing to a dramatically different thing to an unrelated thing back to the first thing, but it never frustrated me, which was weird. It's almost like that the characters themselves are such a good baseline that the editing doesn't really take away much from the show itself. In a weird way, I think this is some strange mashup of Rosario Vampire, Forest Fairy 5, and then throw a little bit of Ruby in there in the example that it feels moderately experimental. Like, it feels like a lot of detail and thought went into it, even if sometimes the execution wasn't quite there. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that this was like a newer studio at all. The thing is, Remington, it's actually one of the biggest anime studios over in Japan that had made this. Oh boy. Yeah, and we've watched several of their uh, productions. Oh, that always frightens me. Yeah, uh, the studio is known as A1 Pictures, and they are responsible for some of the biggest names in anime. Oh, I love their steak sauce. I know, it's so good. <laughs> you can taste the weeb on every <laughs> burger. That should be their new slogan. <laughs> taste the weeb. <laughs> and I should get commission pay for that. A1, get in contact with oh, me. This will be great. Tasting the weeb is something I never wanted to do. <laughs> but with A1 steak sauce, you, you can. can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are some of the ones we've watched? Okay, so the one that comes to mind, it's a pretty big shonen one. Uh, they are the ones behind Fairy Tale to start with. Ugh. Yeah, they're also the ones behind Sword Art Online. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and there's just so many here, and there are so many that we're going to have to come back to and cover. They need to stay away from Shonen. <laughs> like, far, far away from fantasy shonen because they are not good at fantasy shonen. Mm, there's so much fantasy shonen in their repertoire, though. Oh, God, no, why? Uh, because it's popular and it makes a lot of money. Oh, yeah, I mean, the two you mentioned are absolute icons, so they're bringing in those dollar bills, but also, good God, the humanity. Yeah, and the third one, you are not going to be happy 
happy with Remington. I wasn't happy with the first two. The third one that they've made is Ore Emo. Oh, mother of God. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming, did ya? Oh, dear God, why a one? Yeah, so we're one for four right now, which is not a great ratio. But hey, that's hope for the studio, isn't it? I need a moment to recover, Sean. <laughs> And I will give you that moment while I keep blathering on. A1 Pictures is definitely one of the bigger anime studios because of a lot of their shonen stuff, but they do have a lot of really good not-so-shonen stuff, like this one, for example. It is actually regarded as a seinen show because it talks with adult themes and, you know, it does it in a fairly mature way with a bit of fan service thrown in because a lot of people really like fan service. All right, let's move on from A1 because that hurt me deeply. I had to find something that would hurt you. Ugh. <sighs> yep, and I'm looking through and we haven't really covered anything else that you would recognize, uh, but we will get to some of these and whoo, boy, it'll be interesting when we get to them. I don't wanna. Eh, you don't have a choice in the matter. It's all up to me and our lovely fan base. Damn it. <laughs> so let's get back to uh, interviews with Monster Girls. Yes. Let's talk about the characters individually because as this is a very character-driven show, the episode to episode isn't as important. Because each of the episodes have mostly just been the characters interacting, which it doesn't have a very strong direction, but it works despite that very well. So it mostly is describe the characters and you learn more about them. And it does it very well, quite frankly, which I am glad to see. Oh yeah, so who should we start off with, John? Well, let's start with the first girl we're introduced to. Let's start with the vampire Hikari. Well, I just have one thing to say about her. Yeah. She's a crazy bitch, and all of our listeners will know how I feel about crazy bitches. I know all the girls you used to date, so yeah. <laughs> I love me a crazy bitch, <laughs> She is super excitable, super energetic, so many comedic moments from her. And just throughout the show, may I say, one of the funniest shows we have seen easily. And a lot of this came from her. She's just so full of spunk and pizzazz. And she's very mischievous, which I really like. Oh, yeah. She has the mischievousness, the sassy qualities, all of which interact with each other characters in non-toxic and believable manners. Like... So often you have those characters who are this way and they either have ill-formed relationships with other characters because they're trying to sort of stand on their own either because of the character or because of the creator's vision of the character or you have them actively against everyone just messing everything up. This case, it was just healthy fun with everyone and that was true for most of the relationships interviews with monster girls was an oddly wholesome show yeah would you prefer the japanese version like oh. the japanese title oh no oh it's great though it's uh demi chanwa katari tai oh that's too much japanese for me so sticking with interviews with monster girls oh yeah <laughs> Which, not a great title, kind of a misleading title if you think about it. Oh 
it definitely did not give the impression that I got, though now I suppose I understand it very, very well. And I told you you would before we started, because it's a little hard to explain, but once you get into the show, it's not too terribly complicated. Yeah, alright, who's next? Uh, let's talk about uh, the girl we didn't have much interaction with within the first four episodes. Let's talk about the snow girl, Yuki. Ah, Yuki, okay, Yuki, we only saw briefly towards the latter couple of episodes, but I think it's starting to create something very good. It's starting to create an interesting baseline for her. She is the shy character who has a harder time interacting with others of her own volition, as opposed to the other character we'll talk about who has a harder time connecting with characters not of her own volition. And I think that this dynamic is a nice one to add to the group. And I totally expected that she and all of the other characters were going to be the most tropey of tropes, and I was very pleasantly surprised. They do have a lot of tropish elements, but they use them as a baseline as tropes are meant to be used. Yeah, they use it as a jumping off point rather than a finish line. So I think that even though we saw very little of Yuki, she was still an interesting character from what we saw. Yes, and she does have some very interesting and comedic lines throughout the show. Yeah. Because, you know, she's kind of a more straight line type of character, but of course that means she's just going to get into a lot of awkward situations because of how straightforward she is. Oh, for sure. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about another character we didn't get too many interactions with. Let's talk about Himawari, who is the twin sister of Hikari. Yes, and to my understanding, she is the human sister to the vampire. That is correct. Yes, the human twin sister, which I think is a very interesting decision to have. They explain it in a very, very bad way, where it's just based on mutations rather than genetics, which provides a whole lot more really weird questions, and it's a bad explanation. Don't Just pretend it doesn't exist. But it's real interesting that you can have twin sisters where one is a, a Demi and one is not and those differences and you see sort of a protectiveness but also a self-esteem issue from her on both hands she wants to help her sister and make sure she's not being taken advantage of because she's a vampire but also she isn't a demi so that provides its own interesting issues. It's a very nice asymmetry that adds a lovely bit of flavor so far. Yeah, and I do like the idea of the monster syndrome. Uh, the Demi syndrome is probably the more apropos way of saying it. But as a mutation, just a thing that can happen in the birthing process or just through growing is a very interesting prospect to me. Especially when you consider the Doolahans. All the Doolahans. <laughs> Give birth to one of them. You, you think you finished giving birth? Oh, here's a body. It's headless. <laughs> <laughs> what went wrong? <laughs> and it's partially on fire. What are you going to do? And then the head comes out and it's crying and you're like, what's happening? Do you think that would be easier or a harder birthing process? It would be easier, but much more traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Doolahan, let's talk about the Doolahan, who I feel like is probably one of the better characters in a lot of retrospects. She's a very strong character. Uh, that would be Machi, uh, Kyoko Machi. Yes, Machi is a great character. She wants to be around other people and relies on them to a great deal, even as the anime puts it, wants to be coddled by everyone else, and she needs that attention. But she has a hard time getting that attention and validation because she's a Dulahan. 
And it's a little traumatizing when you see a girl walking around holding her own severed head. Yeah, and they talk a little bit in a conversation that I really enjoyed where she was talking about how she knows other people are a bit uncomfortable with her being a Dulahan, and she wishes that sometimes they might joke about it. And the teacher asked her, well, do you joke about it? And she was like, well, no, but still. He advised her to joke about it so others knew that they could, which is a very real thing. If you feel like there's a huge elephant in the room about yourself and you just wish that it would stop being an elephant, you can do that. You can be the one to bring it up and ease it in the conversation. And you can kill the elephant. And you can murder the elephant. This is a great transition to our sponsor, African Poachers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is why we have a disclaimer in the front of our podcast. <laughs> Just so we don't get flack for this. <laughs> we would like to add that we adore African elephants and we dislike poachers. Our our podcast's official stance on poachers is two thumbs down. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> mm, no thanks from us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's another very human thing to have happen, which is great for a show about things that are not entirely normal humans. Oh, for sure. She is yet another great character. And let's talk about one of the two teachers in this show. Let's talk about um, Saki Sato, who is the succubus teacher who is starting her brand new school year. I thought that she was a wildly well-done character because, of course, succubus are hypersexual beings and they didn't ignore that. They didn't reverse that. She is a hypersexual being. However, she is a hypersexual being trying to live a normal life. And it's not that she is railing against her succubus tendencies. It's not that she is trying to not be what she is. She's just trying to live an adult life. And so I thought that it was a great decision to not just go with the tropes and not just reverse the tropes, but just work with absolutely all of them. Because, yeah, she's a succubus. Yeah, she's gonna evoke feelings in the opposite sex. But that could lead to some very interesting situations. And it does. And she was another character that was also wildly hilarious in multiple moments. Like, very, very funny. It's hilarious because her condition as a succubus means that she can unintentionally evoke feelings in men, which... Could be very dangerous. So to counteract that, she actively holds herself back, she dresses in fairly plain drab clothing, tries to make herself as generic and unappealing as possible, but the problem is is she's still a succubus and she's still fairly attractive, and if she comes into contact with a guy, that guy is gonna have some fairly traumatic feelings. And this creates some very interesting commentary on the nature of love and how we love each other and if there are differences between different kinds of affection, which I thought was interesting commentary already, and I'm very confident that we are going to see more of that as we continue further on. And you do see more of that. It's just a genuinely funny show for the most part. But Remington, we have to talk about the main character, the most important character of the show, which you could argue it's all the monster girls and such that are more, the most important, but they do revolve around this one character, and that is the biology teacher Takahashi. Yes, Takahashi, who even though he doesn't have a ton of personality, he has enough to work as a foundation. They utilize him very well 
throughout absolutely everything. I feel similarly to how I did during Mirai Nikki with that protagonist, except a bit better. Yeah, he's not a whiny bitch like Yuki. Yeah, Yuki actively detracted from the show, but they did the best they could with that type of character. Takahashi doesn't detract from the show. He may not add a ton, but he does add a little bit. And my favorite part is that though he has his students who most of them seem to have a bit of a crush on him, which, you know, that's understandable. That can happen. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. But he is very mature about it in a lot of respects and he doesn't view that as an option. He's not completely oblivious, but he is an adult, and yeah. he understands. And as somebody who is an adult and understands, I understand him. But let's talk a brief moment about one of the elements I was dreading the absolute most, and that is the fact that some of his students are very into Takahashi. Which, as a teacher yourself, Remington, is something that you have feared for most of your life. It is one of my least favorite tropes that happens a lot in anime, and when you said that it was going to be appearing, I was wildly concerned. Amazingly, it sort of works here? Because they don't glamorize it in any way. They don't support it or, what happens more commonly, say, Oh, look how taboo this is. Wouldn't this be scandalous? Instead... <laughs> Naka emo. <laughs> yeah. Instead, they just have it where his students have crushes on him and it's shown to be just as childish as that would be. Which, great! Great! It's not like an overly sexualized fetish thing. Although some people might take it as such, but it's not. I mean, I wouldn't want to Google the fanfiction, but the anime itself handles it very well. Yeah, Rule 34 is still alive and kicking, folks. Unfortunately. It's not going away anytime soon. And so, with all of the characters and the dialogue being as stellar as it was sure the pacing was miserable and there wasn't much story and the transitions oh my god they were amateur transitions if i have ever seen amateur transitions just take my powerpoint transition rant from forest fairy 5 and add it here it still was a very good show amazing to think that with all of its flaws, you're still coming out kind of smiling. It blows my mind. This may end up being one of my favorite things that you have shown me. And I think that it cements a third thing that I wildly enjoy in anime. And what's that, Remington? Previously, we have two on this Mount Rushmore of things that I actually enjoy, and that is Moe, because I'm a Moe piece of garbage. And then number two, edgy, because I enjoy edgy, dark bullshit. But the third is things that are just extremely and unabashedly human. We saw this with Watamote, one of my favorites so far, and even in Forest Very Five. Which is arguably the worst anime ever. Oh yeah, but we saw it here as well, and seeing that genuine humanity in a way that isn't dressed up which isn't to say that interviews with monster girls didn't go sensationalized in some bits it certainly did it had its silly moments it had its over-the-top moments but 
it had so many raw human moments as well and i absolutely adore that so to anon i want to say Thank you for the good recommendation. You were wildly correct. Rosario Vampire, god-awful. Interviews with Monster Girls, really good! It's amazing how similar they are, but yet so wildly different. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, Mount Rushmore has four heads, though, right? M maybe I'll find a fourth thing that I like. We'll have to find out in the future. But, Remington, I just have to ask. Want to go watch some more interviews with Monster Girls? Sean, me and my company, Dracula United, would love to continue watching this anime that, for the first time, accurately represents monsters with the proper humanity that they deserve. And watch it we shall. Thank you so much for tuning in, we really appreciate it! If you enjoyed our ramblings into the deep discussion of Moe Monster Girls, please drop a review on whatever platform you listen to us on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, or, even better, spread us by word of mouth, it's the best way for us to grow. You guys truly have been leaving such great feedback, whether that be through the reviews, word of mouth, or especially through the emails, and if you would like to contact us directly, whether it's for a comment, question, feedback, or a recommendation just like Ana you can email us at animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and Monster Girls can be great! Monsters are your friends! Ha ha ha!